All righty, that was good. Thank you, everybody. The worship was good, wasn't it? Yeah. So I hope you noticed, you know, uh, the worship was in two parts. There was the first part, we entered into this room that we haven't been in maybe ever. I don't know if you caught that, but it's, it's like a, a room of glory. It was gold. And that's where I actually saw that locomotive come in. And I heard that song Jimi Hendrix used to sing, I Hear That Train Coming. Anybody ever know about that song? Yeah. Well, yes. Purple, I li- Purple Haze, yeah. That was a bad song, I'll admit it. But, <laughs> but the point is, God, there is a train that God has released. I saw that train, and then they sang about it. Then we went into another room, and that's when they started talking about the train. Wasn't that powerful? So I hope you was able to get something imparted to you this morning. And then the prayers were really awesome too, right? Lord help, right? You know, my, uh, my nephew is a missionary in Paris. They live in a Muslim neighborhood. And they are just friends with Muslims. That's what they do. Is they hang out with them. They walk down the streets of, you know, because that's what the Lord's called them to do is to reach that people group. And so, but they're happy over there, even though it's kind of tricky. But there's a lot of people all over the world doing stuff like that. Isn't that amazing how the Lord is good? I mean, just doing things just like that. You know, wherever the uh, sin abounds, grace much more. And so I believe there's a lot of grace happening in Paris, France today. And that dream Louise had, yeah, it's a revival. That's a big grace, right? We like some revival. We don't want none of the other. Thank you, Lord. So last week I was telling you, uh, if you weren't here or if you forgot, which you probably did, you know, but that's all right. You don't have to remember as long as your heart remembers. I talked about what I believe the Lord wants to grow us internally. And I gave you this scripture, Luke 2.52. It said, Jesus increased in wisdom, statue, and in favor with God and men. He got that when he was 12 years old. And he spent 18 years growing to prepare for his ministry, for his crucifixion, and for his resurrection. Isn't that powerful? And that's really how, he, how God grew him. Is in, it was an inward growth. He is, and so there's four things. There's wisdom. There's statue, you know, which means we are growing in our ability to receive favor and wisdom. That's the, that's the growth, the inward growth, the, the ability to receive favor and wisdom, more favor and more wisdom. And, you know, God gives favor to all His family. And so we automatically get favor, but we, we can grow in favor if, if we will allow, allow that to happen in our life. And there's things that can hinder you in your favor and in your wisdom, uh, and one of those things is if is unforgiveness. If you have things in your life that there's people in your life that have really hurt you and wounded you, if you will forgive them and release them, like and I gave the example out of Job, how he was wounded by his friends and he, at the worst moment in his life where he didn't need anybody messing with him, yet he was able to. Uh, the Lord said, pray for your friends. 
And after he prayed for him, God, it said, the Bible says God doubled Job's blessing upon his life. In other words, through Job's difficulty, God was able to enlarge him to receive double of what he had. And, and before, before, he was the richest man in the East. That's what the Bible says. He was the richest man in the East. And afterwards, he was double what he was before. And so that's really what I believe happens with a lot of Christians is you go through times that are trying and difficult in your life and God wants to enlarge you. David, I quoted Psalm 4.1, In my distress I was enlarged. In my distress. So we're either going to be enlarged or we're going to shrink when we go through things. And, and, and God wants to enlarge. That's, he's into, the kingdom is expanding. And He really wants to enlarge people. And I gave the example, and I hope some of you used it this week, is the get-out-of-jail-free card. It's whoever it is. If you will give, give them, truly give them the get-out-of-jail-free card, guess who really gets out of jail? You discover that you're the one that was in jail all along. And when you hand that card to them, you're suddenly freed. And I saw, you know, I gave my own personal example of having to give a, put a, give a, the Lord handed me a, showed me a Monopoly board and showed me those cards, but they were all get-out-of-jail-free cards, every one of them. And I gave them to somebody, and I instantly was out. I was freed. And so I want to tell you to do that or ask you to do it. I'm telling you to do it. Get with it. Come on. You know, Jesus said to forgive, okay, because that will hinder. Now, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about wisdom this morning because that's really important. And since Brian, didn't you say Brian said wisdom, Dean? Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan or Brian, whichever one. Lord bless both of them, right? Yeah. And I want to talk about how to grow in wisdom because that's a really important thing. Now, I just want to tell you a few things about uh, wisdom. Really, in the Bible, when you look at the New Testament, wisdom is the spirit of wisdom. In other words, there's a river of wisdom that's flowing in the spirit realm that God wants us to tap into that river, and that river can expand and enlarge us as we tap into it. Here's some things that you will find about wisdom. This should really get you excited. Wisdom de develops within us a more divine balance in our life, a more divine balance. In other words, it will teach you when to speak and when not to speak. Does anybody ever said anything that they wish they wouldn't have said? I promise you everybody in this room have. And we're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Well, wisdom, what wisdom will do was it will tell you, keep your mouth shut. Okay, it will... It will tell you when to do something and when to stay still. In other words, if, if there's an opportunity, should you take that opportunity or should you refrain from that opportunity? Wisdom will show you what to do. It will tell you when to fight or when to keep the peace. There's some fights God has not called you to. And wisdom will tell you, no, you, I didn't call you to that fight. I remember one time a man called up and he had an issue with another man in the church. And it was going on and off with me. It was like the phone was like, ah, can I get off this phone call? Because it was just spewing bitterness. And I knew he couldn't hear anything I would say to him. So I said, Lord, what can I say to this man? And the Lord said, ask him, did I call him to this fight? And I said, did the Lord call you to this fight? And he said, no. I said, well, then don't do it. And somehow or another, he was able to hear that. And thank God he did. Kept me from having to be a referee. It teaches you when to hold on and when to let go. There's times when we're supposed to let go of people, places, things, or situations, or whatever it is, and, and there's times to hold on to it. And wisdom will tell you that. 
You won't have to ask. You'll know. Um, it'll give you. It'll tell you when to stand your ground. You know, we're talking about standing firm. It'll, t- it'll tell you when the time. Don't stand your ground. Just stand away. Stand down. It's really important. It'll tell you when to receive. There's a time to receive. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. But there's always a time to receive and there's a time to give. And wisdom will tell you which one, where you're at in your life. It'll tell you when to throw away things and when to keep things. Those are just a few things I've found in my life that wisdom just really encourages me. You know, by wisdom, we understand the timing and seasons of God in our lives. By wisdom. Wisdom explains to you what's going on in your life and what you need to be doing in your life. That's how we really know. It's the wisdom of God. Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. In other words, what it's saying, if you, true happiness, and every, and I, I want to say this this morning, is every person on this earth desires to be happy. Don't say you don't because I will be, you know, be a lie from hell. You know, and God desires every person to be happy. That's in, and I forget, I don't, I'm talking about true happiness. I'm not talking about circumstantial happiness. I'm talking about true happiness. God wants you to be a happy person. And true wisdom will bring you into a place, a state of happiness. And I'm going to tell you this about happy people. Happy people are productive people. You work in a workplace around an unhappy person, an old sour person. You don't want to be around them. But happy people are joyful to be around. Happy people are productive and they shine forth. The kingdom of God needs happy Christians. There's enough sour Christians out there. We don't need to be them. Right? And I'll tell you another thing. It says wisdom will will give us understanding. Uh, The spirit of wisdom and understanding always work together. Wisdom comes first. Understanding Wisdom's of the, of the heart. Wisdom will explain things to you. If you don't really understand the Bible, ask God to give you wisdom, and then you can understand and will soon follow. That's how you begin to understand life. That's how you begin to understand your wife, your circumstance, your children. Wisdom is what we need to be able to understand these situations and things in our life. Isn't that awesome? Um, Proverbs 24, 13 through 14 says, My son, eat honey because it's good. Back in those days, honey was the candy of the day, right? And I love candy. I really do. I, don't, I eat a lot of healthy food, but I eat lots of candy to kind of counteract it. You know, don't put candy in the house because I will eat it up. <laughs> My son eat honey because it is good. That's why I eat it. It's good, you know. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. Listen to this. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect and your hope will not be cut off. In other words, wisdom is the foundation of hope. If you want to live a life of hope, if you want the hope of God working in your life, wisdom gives you hope. Wisdom is what, what hopeful people really have going for them. They have wisdom behind their hope. People who are, are sarcastic and critical and and cynical, they're, they're, they lack wisdom. They lack wisdom. If that's you this morning, that's what's wrong with you, is you lack wisdom. Because once you begin to get wisdom, instead of where everybody else sees dis- disaster, destruction, and a mess, you see opportunity. You see things that God could do as a place for God to move. And only wisdom can show you that. Are y'all getting into this? Listen to this one. 
He who gets wisdom loves himself. Oh, I know Christians will tell you don't love yourself, but that's not what the Bible says. That's just ridiculous. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love your, if you hate yourself, you're going to hate your neighbor. He wasn't saying that. He was saying that to people who understood that they were loved by God the Father. And because they were loved by God the Father, they could truly love themselves. If you're a person who suffers with self-hatred, and there are a lot of people out there in the world who suffer with self-hatred, or if you just don't even like yourself, maybe you don't hate yourself, but you really don't like yourself, there's an answer for you. It's knowing the Father's love. And once we come into a revelation of His love, we have love operating in our life. We can begin to love ourselves, And then, once you begin to love yourself, you can truly love other people. You'll never be able to truly love other people unless you truly love yourself. And you can't truly love yourself unless you truly know His love for you on a personal, deep level. And that's something God is trying to bring into the earth. And he who gets wisdom loves himself. That's part of the wisdom of God for the earth is His love. Okay, let me give you a definition of wisdom. And I, this, this definition, I will admit, I did not make up. There's a man named Dutch Sheets. Many of you know who he is. This was his definition of wisdom, and I, it's my favorite one so far. Wisdom is yesterday's revelation that has been processed and made into a way of thinking. Wisdom is yesterday's revelation that has been processed and made into a way of thinking. It's general understanding of God's ways, purposes, and principles learned over time. Wisdom serves as our foundation. That's pretty powerful. Yesterday's revelation. Yesterday's revelation. Here's the problem with Solomon, who was the wisest man on the earth, is he did not live his wisdom. He did not live the revelations that God gave him. And because he didn't, as in Arthur Burke's words, he wound up on the junk heap of life. The wisest man on the earth. So if you don't live your revelation, so I want to just say that was that's one of the first things that the Lord showed me about how to grow in wisdom is go in your life and take an inventory of true revelations you carry in your heart. Because here's what the enemy does about revelation. The enemy would do everything in his power to discredit your revelation. He would do everything in your power to tell you that it doesn't work and it's not real and it's no good. It was for yesterday. That's what Shampa Rice said when she was here. She said, as you're walking through the CRAP of life, make sure you pick up your precious jewels. She was talking about your revelations that got stepped on, walked all over, spit on, and everything else owned as you went through your difficult time. Make sure you pick them up and you don't leave them behind and you don't lose them because they will become your wisdom. That's, how, that's what makes you a wise person. It's what God has revealed to you, what God has spoken to your heart. It's like this. I know there's people who get saved, but there's not a living out of the Christian life. They got wisdom. They got revelation, but they didn't live it. You see what I'm saying? And that counts for everything that God truly shows you. And so this is one of the things I did in my life for four months. Four months and 11 days. Is I went through 
everything that God has given me, revelation-wise. And I went through how I received it. I went through the memory of it. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Because those are the things I truly have. And the, and the Lord said, that's your wisdom right there. Now, you live that. Don't, just because you went through a bad time and it didn't work, don't believe the times. And so I really encourage you to do that. That's, that's the first way that God wants us to grow, grow in wisdom is get your revelations, clean them up, and start living them again. Because some of you have tossed them, tossed them to the four winds. Right? Some of you have tossed your revelations aside because of what you've gone through. And you need to get those revelations. You need to pick them up. It is a word from the Lord. I'm telling you, if you'll do that, something will happen. If you'll do it, something will happen. Something will happen in your life. Confidence will come back into you. Faith will come back into your heart. It really will. Anyways... Thank you, Lord. And also, this is a trick. It positions you to receive new revelation. How many wants new revelation in their life? Take your old, clean it up, start living it, and it opens the door for God to speak new things. Maybe He's going to speak some new stuff on what you don't already got, or maybe something that you even dreamed of yet. Because He does want to establish us in present truth, right? Second Peter one ten through twelve. Anyway. That's the first thing you need to do. Wow, I'm going to be through here. Number two, make wisdom a priority. Proverbs 4, 8, listen to this. Exalt her, be in wisdom, and she will promote you. She, wisdom will promote you. You want promotion in any area of your life, wisdom will do it for you. Wisdom will promote you. She will bring you honor. Wisdom will bring honor into your life. That's what it says when you embrace her. So... Exalt means to hold something in very high regard. So this year, hold, begin to hold wisdom in high regard. Begin to ask God for wisdom and begin to ask God to give you more wisdom. Embrace wisdom. Hold on to it. Hold on to your revelation. Hold on to what you have and you'll be honored by the Lord. God will bring honor into your life. You'll increase with honor with God and with other people. Uh, Proverbs 2, uh, uh, 4 through 7, this is what it says. If you seek her as silver, something happened. And search her, search for her as hidden treasures. That's talking about wisdom. Seek it out. Search for it. Then you will understand the fear of God. Because I've been praying for a year and a half. Lord, I don't really get this fear of God stuff really. I don't really have that operating in my life. And he said to me, it's because you're, you need to go after wisdom. If you don't go after the fear of God, go after the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God will cause you to understand the fear of God. And we need the fear of God. And there is a righteous, Holy Ghost fear of God. In fact, in Isaiah 11, it says there's a spirit of the fear of the Lord. Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Then you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge, in other words, the relational thing with God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the righteous. He stores it up. In other words, there's a storehouse in heaven 
that God has of wisdom that he's looking for people who will pull on that. That's all he's looking for. He's looking for people who will have a desire for that and say, that's what I need in my life. And I'm going to pull that thing from heaven. If there's a storehouse of wisdom, Lord, I want it in my life. And if we just do that, God will begin to move and work in your life with wisdom. Are you all okay? Anyways, and the third thing, this is what's going to cause you to grow in wisdom, is giving honor and prominence to the Bible in your life. This sounds simple, but this is what it says. Psalms 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. So I really encourage you this year, become a person of the Word of God. I mean, just let, you know, this is the truth. A lot of people struggle reading. Well, nowadays, you can listen to the Bible. Anywhere, in fact, Marlon Magusu, in fact, pray for Marlon. He's in Kenya. His grandma died. He was like a mother to him. And he's over there right now. They're going to do the funeral this week. So, you know, you keep him in your prayers this week and just for the family, you know, because all, you know, all the disturbance that happens in the family when a patriarch or a matriarch passes. The patriarch is already gone, so... But one thing Marlon does is one way he soaks is he soaks in the Word. He, he listens to the Word of God being read as he gets still before the Lord and just lets that get into his soul. You can be going to work and, and listen to the Word of God instead of listening to the stupid radio talking about trash. That's not, that's, I'm not trying to be down on all that. I'm just saying we can make some choices in our life. We can make some choices about what we're listening to and what we're putting our eyes on. We can make these choices. God is not going to make them for us, though. He's, all He's asking us, make the choice. Give the Word of God a chance in your life. Just give it a chance to make you wise. Don't watch that television show tonight. Read the Word or get somebody to read it to you or talk to you about it. That's, I mean, that's not, that's not being legalistic. It's doing the things that God has embraced us for. Are y'all getting this? And it'll make you a wise person. It will cause wisdom to grow and explode in your soul. Yeah. Please do that. And God will give you a hunger for the Word. And wisdom leads to understanding as you sit there and listen to the Word or read the Word that you don't understand, as God is growing this wisdom and you, you'll suddenly start getting revelation and understanding in it. And when that happens, suddenly the Bible becomes an adventure. It becomes something you want to do. It becomes something you miss when you're not having it in your life. God wants to give His people a love for the written Word of God. You know, we should cherish. We should cherish it. There's people who are in prison would do anything for one page out of the Bible. They would give their life for it. When I was in Cuba a few years ago, several years ago now, that was one of the big things. They didn't have Bibles. They only had a few Bibles. And the people who didn't have them, they would always try to get to the person who had one just to be around them so they could look at their Bibles. It was pitiful. It was pitiful. And so I want to encourage you about that. I really want to encourage you to make the Bible a big part of your life this year. Just say, you know, that's what's going to happen, Lord. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing that this year.
the Bible is going to become a greater part of my life. And you'll find your wisdom is growing. Of course, the fourth thing is, I'm doing this really good on this time thing. The fourth thing is asking for wisdom. A lot of people don't know this, but Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom. You do know that, but a lot of people don't know that he actually got that wisdom in a dream. God visited Solomon's dream. You read 1 Kings 3. God visited him in a dream and talked to him in this dream and said, you're going to get wisdom. Plus, you're going to get rich and all this other stuff because he didn't ask for all those stuff. He asked for wisdom. And God blessed him with the other things. And that's the way God operates. He gives you the greater includes the lesser. Wisdom is greater than anything. And so he got this wisdom from the Lord in a dream. Well, a lot of people, and he failed in it, but Daniel was an amazing man, a man of wisdom. The Bible says in Daniel, Daniel 2 that he asked the Lord for wisdom in the realms of dreams and revelations. And he went before the kings and been able to explain to them what was happening. He asked for it, and God gave it to him. Right? I mean, and so if we just had this simple thing to ask the Lord for wisdom. Uh, Paul prayed for the Colossian church. One of the things he prayed, that they would receive spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. It was a prayer of Paul. He prayed that for the church at Ephesus. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ that would open the eyes of your heart. It would enlighten, not open them, but it would enlighten the eyes of your heart. That you could begin to see your life. Wisdom, that's what wisdom will do for you if you ask for it. And of course, we all know James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let, I'm always the one like, that's me, Lord, I lack wisdom. I'm always putting myself in that scripture. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally. See, God is saying, I will give you this if you will ask. I don't bring a reproach. You know, I don't, I don't fuss at you. I don't say, you didn't do this and this. He just gives it because it's his heart. And it will be given to him. Isn't that wonderful? So that's a simple way to get wisdom, to grow in wisdom, is just asking the Lord to give it to you. All right, this is a great one. We actually sang this this morning, but this is a mighty powerful scripture. Uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days that what we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Let me tell you, I, I'm an expert on this because I spent a, a much of my life not living in the moment. That's what that means. It means live right now where you are. Get out of the past and get out of your future. Get here. I would go to church and sit through church, sit through worship, think about what I was going to do that afternoon for years as a young person. I was living in the future, a future that may or may not happen. It was an illusion. And one day God spoke to me. And this is what he said to me. He was serious. He said, Byron, if you don't learn to number your days, your days will only seem like numbers to you. And one day you're going to look back on your life and you're going to wonder what happened to what. In other words, it's going to, it's going to like a vapor, it's going to be gone. Because I didn't never live in the moment. I didn't never live in the present. If I was with somebody, I didn't want to be with them. I wanted to be with somebody else. If I was doing something, I didn't want to be doing that. I wanted to be doing something else. And God has called us to live in this moment. Because this is the moment that you have. And that's what teaching you to number your days is. What, and when you begin to do that, God will give you wisdom to live that moment. Because wisdom is in the moment. It's not in the tomorrow. You know, it used to be, this is what people would tell you about the religious spirit. And it's true. God has allowed in history to do all that he did. 
And in the future, God will do something one of these days. But now God is not allowed to do anything. That's what a religious spirit will tell you. God can't move in church. He can't do anything out of the order today. He could yesterday in the, in the histories of revivals. And one day God will do it, but not today. It's, it's a person who's, you know, see, so what I'm saying is we don't learn a number of our days. If we don't learn to live in the present, we're being influenced by a religious spirit. We're being influenced by a religious spirit. I'm telling you, you can ask her. She knows all about me, tromping around, you know. Can't. She used to tell me this. I, uh, I could tell what kind of mood Byron is when he gets up out of the bed in the morning. If he was in a good mood, his footsteps were light. If he was in a bad mood, tromping around. A bad mood was this. Oh, woe is me. Look at my life. It's going nowhere. God is doing nothing in my life. Oh, how I wish tomorrow. Oh, what God used to do. That's how I lived until the Lord spoke to me that day. And it was an admonishment. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Well, I'll tell you one other little latest thing I got about this was when our grandson was born prematurely. He was born 12 weeks earlier than he should have been. He's still in the hospital. He's born on November the 8th. It's not good for a baby to be born like that. The best place for a baby is in their mom's womb until the due date. And I was sitting there thinking about that. Everything else in life, we want, we want it soon now. Now, I've got to have it now. I've got to have it now. I've got to have it. I can't wait except a baby. We don't want babies early, Right? We're saying about babies, babies come on time, nine months, don't come a day early. And we don't, because if you do, their life's threatened. And you see, that's the way it is with God. When God looks at us, we're all anxious about stuff. And he was saying, don't be anxious about it. Because it's really in the womb of the Spirit. And it needs to come out and be birthed at the right time. Or, then, or else it's going to be threatened and you're going to spend months... And, and hundreds of thousands of dollars, literally, around $300,000 trying to keep this child alive. And if we'll learn how to number our days and live in the moment and let God do what He wants to when it's time, when it's time, we'll gain a heart of wisdom. That's what that says. We'll become wise people. I'm just telling you. All right, the last one, of course, is the ultimate wisdom, right? You know, it's, it's the Lord himself. I wanted to read these scriptures. Amen, Lord. The queen of the south, Matthew twelve forty two. the queen of the south will rise up in judgment. With This is something from the Old Testament when Solomon, these women that came to see Solomon, they were just blown away when they visited and saw Solomon and what he did and how he operated his kingdom. They were blown away by it. The Queen of the South was. She's going to rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, greater than Solomon is, is here. And that's the Lord himself. Someone greater than Solomon was there. And he said, because she did that and you're refusing to come to me. That's what he was saying. You refuse to come to me. I am the ultimate wisdom. I'm wisdom. And this is what he said in 1 Corinthians 24. But those who are called both Jews and Greeks or Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ is our power. Christ is our wisdom. One time, I'll remember this. I'm getting to the end. I'll remember this story real clear. Back in the 90s when 
the renewal was happening really powerful and everywhere you go people were getting blasted even in restaurants people were laughing uncontrolled it was just a great time God bring back laughter to the church you may have been offended by it but that's your problem God's sitting in heaven laughing all the time and he's wondering why nobody out here is laughing (laughs) we laugh when the wine of the spirit gets on us and that really laughter's an awesome medicine and there was a lot of healing that happened uh, but I remember praying, a man praying for me one time. You go to these pastors' meetings where normally they were stuffy. And that day, they weren't stuffy. They were wild in there. It was chaotic in there. Like, oh, Lord, what in the heck happened to these pastors? If they go out like that in church, they're looking for another job, period. And I, I mean, they don't want nobody to know what's happening in there that day because they were rolling around screaming and thriving and doing all this crazy stuff. But this is, this is what this man who the Lord was using that day. I'm not mentioning his name. Because God was using this man powerfully. He prayed for me and he said this, Byron, this is not about wisdom. This is just about power. And I thought then, well, that don't sound right to me. But you know what? I'm just going to receive what the Lord's doing. I'm not here to argue. But in my mind, I knew that wasn't right. I knew that wasn't right. Because nothing is just about power. In fact, that's what goes wrong with power is you leave the wisdom out of it. And you know what happened to that guy? That guy fell away from the Lord a few years later. And that guy had an amazing ministry, but he fell away from the Lord because in his mind it was all about power when the Bible clearly states that Christ is our power and he is our wisdom. Okay? And I just wanted to say that. And then it says in verse 30 of 1 Corinthians, are you all okay? But of him you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ who became for us wisdom. Christ is, is our wisdom. Ultimately, what everything I said to you is all, is all in this person of Christ. Because, and we're in that person. Therefore, we have access to that wisdom. We, what, who He is, we have the ability to become that, to grow into that. That's what spiritual maturity is all about, is becoming, letting that person of Christ. We are in Him, and He is in us. And Him, His wisdom coming forth in us, it's not something we learn or, or that is dictated something. It comes out of a relationship with this person and being vitally connected to Him and allowing His life to flow into our lives. And when that happens, the wisdom of God can begin to be manifested in your life. And you will know when to keep your mouth shut. Right? And you'll know when to speak. And you'll know a lot of things that other people don't know. And the world is starving for wisdom. Jesus said, in the last days, I'm going to send wise men, and I will add, in parentheses, women and prophets to you. That's what he's going to do. And God's looking for a revelation of wisdom to be released into his people. And he is calling us this year to grow in wisdom, to become a wise people, that we can begin to really release his wisdom around us. That's what our government needs. That's that's what our country needs. That's what your neighbor needs. That's what you need, you and I need. We desperately need to grow in wisdom. Amen? All righty, stand up. I'm going to pray for you. One of my favorite prayers in the entire Bible, which I have heckin' would say without any hesitation that I pray more than anything ever. You know, I don't know about you, but some of my best conversations with God 
or of me keeping my mouth shut. I'm serious. Because I don't feel like I have much to say to God that's worthwhile unless it's praying in tongues. I do that a lot. I love doing that. I shall continue doing that. It really helps me a lot. And there's certain prayers in Ephesians 1. I pray that the Father of glory, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory will give unto you the spirit, listen to this, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. That's the first part of wisdom, in the knowledge of Christ. And that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That there would this enlightenment. Light would come on inside of you and you would begin. The room that you're in, the dark room, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? All of a sudden the light, it's like somebody will throw the light switch on and you can see everything in the room. You can see everything that's going on around you. That's what Paul's talking about there. And then he begins to talk about these things in your life that you need. Your purpose, your calling, your destiny, your identity. The power of God to live these things. He begins to say, you'll see how to access those things. That's a powerful prayer, I think. I love that prayer. Lord, I want more revelation on that prayer because I have a sneaking suspicion. I have a sneaking suspicion that I, what I just said is like a scratch on the surface of that prayer. There's something more to it. And I believe the Lord's going to release it. So, Father, I just pray for everybody in this room. I pray for the spirit of wisdom. You're the Father of glory, it said. And we heard that train come in. We saw that train. We stepped into a place of glory. The Father of glory. The Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would give to us today the spirit, the river of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, oh God. And we would begin to see like we've never seen before. I pray that for every person in this room. In their, their jobs, their homes, their children's, their finances, Lord. For the nation, Lord. Every, every area of our life, Lord. There would be an enlightenment come, Lord. Those who are stumbling in the dark in this room today, Lord. I pray today the lights would be come on. Let me say this is what God told me one time. About that prayer. He said note. It did not say. For your eyes to be open. Because your eyes were opened in Christ. Your eyes are open. God has given you eyes to see. But it's dark. You can't see in the dark. But when he turns the light on. You can see. And that's what I want you to know. You have these eyes. Every one of you in this room, if you're born again, your eyes were popped open. They're open. It's just in a dark, a black, dark world, if nobody's turning some lights on, and you're the light, and He wants to turn it on in you today so you can begin to see like you've never seen before. I pray that for you. I pray that. I pray, I, I pray you just remember that prayer. You can quote that prayer. If you can't do anything else in the Word of God this year, you can quote that prayer over and over to God and read that prayer. Think about that prayer. It's a wonderful prayer. So maybe the uh, ministry team could come out here and y'all could pray for somebody. If they would love prayer, we would love to heal, heal people and heal people and seal people. Amen. Heal and seal. Yeah, and reveal. Heal, seal, reveal. Yes, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. All right. I just had a vision. It was very brief, but it was of an old-timey train, and you know how they had the like wooden platforms and the steam coal engine? And they used to put the mail out on a little hook, and the train would go past and grab the mail. They didn't even slow the train down. It just went past and grabbed the mail as it went. And I feel like that was a call for us just to really be ready and just grab on when the train comes by. It's not going to necessarily slow down and stop for us to board, but just catch it as it goes past. That's how everything, what she described is how things work in the spiritual world, is you catch it. You catch it. That's all you do. You don't have to understand it. If you try to understand it, you're going to miss it. But if you just catch it in your heart, anytime somebody preaches, I always put my catch. I say, I got my catcher's mitt on. Whatever God's going to say, I'm going to catch that. The rest of it, well, it may go over my little head. But I'm going to catch the one thing I need to catch. Put your, raise your catcher's mitt up. Say, I'm going to catch that mail, Lord. I'm going to catch what you have for me. I'm going to catch what you have for me. God is speaking to people in this hour. He wants you to hear Him. I'm saying, Lord, let them catch it. Understanding comes. God is not opposed to understanding. He loves understanding. He's an understanding God. But He wants you to catch it by faith this morning. And He'll cause you to understand things. Lord, do that for people. Do that for me too, Lord. I need help. Woo. So if you would like prayer, you can come up. And people will pray for you and love on you. And Otherwise, you can be dismissed.